I was ready to roar, Shalom. Come on. Come on. Can we give our worship team one more big hand? Aren't they amazing? Now, I'm on assignment this morning, and let me just, before I begin to preach my message, let me just tell you, I take uh, this extremely seriously every time I stand behind what the old-time preachers would call the sacred desk, the sacred desk. I take it very seriously. I prepare, I pray, I isolate, I get alone, and I hear from God. And so I, I'm, I am a preacher that hears from God, and I deliver the word God instructs in my heart. And so I take that seriously. So don't get mad at me. I'm just the mailman. So if you're convicted, if you're, I just deliver the mail. Don't be mad at the mailman when you get a bill. Come on, somebody. So, you know, I, I, I try my very best to always, you know, I, I tell my wife, it's rare I ever go out on a Saturday. I'm usually locked away in my house and really hearing from God and, and preparing and prepping. Uh, yesterday I was here for a funeral, but most of the time I just lock away. And for the last couple of days, I've really been just hearing from God about something that's God has been giving us a lot of prophetic messages here at the church. And God has been leading us and guiding us and directing us. And one thing I've realized in life is there's sometimes, mm, let me say it like this. God gives someone a word, a promise. But there's a lot of times people don't fulfill that promise. And I'm here to tell you it's not God's fault. And I'm here to tell you sometimes it ain't even the devil's fault. Lean over your neighbor and say, it might be your fault. And I got some passage of scripture here, Philippians 2, verse 14, before I give you my title. Do all things without complaining and disputing. My title is Complaining Can Keep You Out of Promised Places. And I'm here to preach because I want to see you get into your promised place. I'm going to say it again. I want to see you enter your promised place. Now, let me just start with this. I uh, have studied the fruit of the Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit, and I just want to make something very aware of to you. I want to just make sure you're aware of this. Complaining is not a fruit of the Spirit. I've checked out the spiritual gifts. Complaining is not one of the spiritual gifts. Complaining can stop you from entering into your promised land. Complaining can stop you from entering into your promised place. And I want to read another passage of scripture out of Psalms 144. I'm going to read it in the King James Version because I really believe it speaks to my sermon today. Rid me and deliver me from the hand of strange children whose mouth speaketh vanity, and their right hand is a right hand of falsehood. That our sons may be as plants grown up in their youth. That our daughters may be as cornerstone polished after similitude of a palace. That our garners may be full, affording all manner of store. That our sheep may bring forth thousands and ten thousands in our street. That our oxen may be strong to labor. That there be no breaking in nor going out. That there be no complaining in our streets. Happy is that people that is in such a case. Yea, happy is that people whose God is the Lord. David is praying. And he says something in here. I want to see my sons and daughters blessed. I want to see my people blessed. 
And then he says, in his prayer, I play there's no complaining on the street. See, complaining is a spirit. And it has a deep root. Its root is bitterness and resentment. And it's easy to get bitter. And when bitterness sets in, the only way to get it out is to rip it out. And today, I am going to pray a prayer at the end. And we are going to rip bitterness and resentment out of everyone's life that it needs to in the name of Jesus. Because I don't want to stay where I'm at. I believe God has something great for me and my family. I'm not going to let something hold me back. I'm not going to let something deter me. I'm not going to let something detour me. If I got to get rid of something, I need to get rid of it. If I need God to rip it out, I need God to rip it out. I don't want to ever be too prideful to say, God, you've, you're finished with me. I'm a finished, I am not a finished product. I am still under construction. If you think you are finished product in the Lord, let me tell you something, Boo Bear. You ain't finished yet. Come on. You ain't all that in a bag of chips. Come on, somebody. You ain't supersized yet. Come on, somebody. We, you still got work to do. You still got work to do. And a lot of times, we complain about the gifts that God gives us. Let me talk to married people. How many times have you complained about your spouse, and that's the gift God gave you? And you wonder why your marriage isn't better. Because you're constantly complaining about the spouse God gave you. Adam did that after they sinned. He complained to God about Eve. Initially, Adam, was, you know, he saw her naked. He was all excited. And then they sinned, and before you know it, it's the woman's fault. Come on, somebody. Keeping it real here. You, hey, you were real happy on the honeymoon. Come on, somebody. Then when she took your toothbrush, you got all up in your flesh. Come on, somebody. Or you realize she snored at night. All of a sudden, you got to sleep in separate beds. Come on. Come on. I got to preach this today. Because you're not in your promised place in your marriage for some people. Your marriage is struggling, but maybe it's struggling because you're complaining about the gift God gave you. Not just the men, the women. I'm going to talk to some of the women here. I know you're calling your mama about your man. Let me tell you, stop calling your mama about your man. Stop it. Your mama got nothing to do with your man. Come on, somebody. Don't bring your mama into the situation. Come on. Hey, I'm just the mailman today. Come on, somebody. Don't get mad at the mailman. All through Scripture, you can see people of God complaining. All through it. And complaining is not a spiritual gift. Complaining is not the fruit of the Spirit. Complaining will set you back. The children of Israel got free of over 400 years of slavery and bondage. A four-day journey through the wilderness lasted 40 years. A four-day journey lasted 40 years. Some of you have been on a journey way too long. Some of you have been going around that same mountain over and over and over again. I believe today in the name of Jesus it stops. I believe today it stops. Let me just address a few things. Well, I'm, you know, I've had people say this to me. I'm naturally negative. I naturally see the problems. Hey, that's great that you see the problems. But complaining, that's another level. See, I'm here to tell you, 
you're not meant to be negative. Mm. You're meant to walk in an authority. You're meant to walk in a victory. People are watching, unsaved people are watching our lives. And when they hear you complain about the church over and over and over again, you think they want to go to the church? You wonder why your children don't like church. How do you talk about church around your children? And you want to know why you aren't having victory in your family. It's because of what you're saying. Because our words have power. Life and death are in the power of our tongue. What you say makes a difference. Come on. Now, when Moses got the assignment to go free the children, this is where the complaining starts. Moses, the leader, starts complaining to God. Exodus chapter 3, it reads like this. But Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and I should bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? So he said, I will certainly be with you, and this shall be a sign to you that I have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain. Then Moses said to God, indeed, when I come to the children of Israel and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they say to me, what is his name? What shall I say to him? Moses even began to complain a little bit. When, see, when you get an assignment, you have two choices. You can do that assignment with joy, or you can get resentful. You can get bitter. See, a lot of times, we like the good assignments God gives us. I didn't plan on preaching this, but I'm preaching it. I love when Pastor Brian gives me the mic, and I can come up here and sing my song, do my thing. It's what God has created me to do. But when Pastor Brian asked me to clean the toilet, he's undervaluing my gifting. Come on. Come on. You know, the more God elevates you, the more servant you become. The more God lifts you up, the more you serve others. You got to learn how to serve. And you got to learn how to do it with joy. Man, I got joy. I woke up with breath in my lungs today. I woke up lifting up the name of Jesus. I woke up saved. I got a promise that I'm going to spend eternity in heaven with Jesus. I'm delivered. I'm set free. I serve a miracle working God. He's been faithful over and over and over to me. If he wants me to be on the parking lot team, I'll be the best parking lot person there is. If he wants me to greet, I'll be the best greeter. I'd rock greeting. Come on, somebody. How you do? Welcome to the church. It's going to be a blessed and amazing day. Just start shaking their hand until their hand just... Play. Come on. Complaining is a verbal expression of discontentment with what you have, where you are, and what is going on in your life. Complaining is a verbal expression of discontentment with what you have, where you are, and what is going on in your life. Complaining is an expression of a lack of faith. You don't know if God is for you. Complaining is an expression of a lack of faith. You don't know if God is for you. The root of complaining is resentment and bitterness. Exodus 14 says this, verse 11. Then they said to Moses, because there were no graves in Egypt, have you taken us away to die in the wilderness? Why have you so dealt with us to bring us up out of Egypt? Is this not the word that we told you in Egypt, saying, let us alone, that we may serve the Egyptians? For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness. They cried out to be delivered. They prayed to God to deliver them. Then when God delivers them, they don't like it. When God delivers them, they'd rather go back. 
It is amazing. I've seen it time and time again. God sets someone free. God does a miraculous miracle in your life. If you don't know it, you're a miracle. For you to be here today breathing, alive, worshiping God, you are a miracle of God. Let me say it again. You're a miracle. But I've seen a lot of miracles come and say, you know what? It was so much better, the old life. Really? Bondage and slavery was so much better? Because you were a slave to sin. You were in bondage to that addiction. You were in bondage to that woman or that man. You were in bondage to the devil. And Jesus breaks every chain off your life. And all of a sudden, you don't like what Jesus did. But you are praying the whole time that Jesus would set you free. And he does what he says he will do, but you don't like the way he did it. See, you don't like that you're at the Red Sea and you don't know how you're going to cross. You think the Red Sea's meant to kill you, which you don't understand. The Red Sea's meant to kill your enemies. See, you see the circumstance in the present. God sees it in the past, present, and future. He is the Alpha and the Omega. See, he didn't get you to the Red Sea to destroy you. He brought you to the Red Sea to destroy your enemies so that they will never come after you again. But you're complaining at your place of victory, and you wonder why God has brought you here. God has brought you here to give you a great victory. Well, you don't understand what I'm going through. I might not. But I'm here to tell you, God is faithful and true to his word. And if God brought you to it, he'll bring you through it. If God brought you to it, he'll bring you through it. Let me say it again. You got to understand how faithful God is. How amazing God is. How he works things out. How he makes a way where there seems to be no way. I've seen him do it countless times. I've seen him do it over and over and over and over again. He's faithful. He's faithful. Let me say again. He's faithful. Exodus 16 says this. The whole congregation of the children of Israel complained. Now, this is just two chapters later. They're still complaining. Complained against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. And the children of Israel said to them, Oh, that we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt when we sat by the pots of meat and when we ate bread to the full. For you have brought us out into the wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. Then the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather a certain quota every day that I may test them whether they will walk in my law or not. Go back to verse 2. Just leave it there for a second. I want you to see this. They began to complain again. And it's easy to complain. Let me, let me uh, preach this. It's easy to get mad at Pastor Alba. Come on. It's easy to get mad at the pastors, Pastor Rob, Pastor Bill, all the other pastors. Man, I feel bad for Pastor Shalom. I always preach this. Pastor Shalom's got the toughest job in the whole church. I'll say it again. Everybody thinks they can sing. Come on, somebody. I'm going to say it again. Everybody thinks they can sing. I tried to try out one time for Pastor Shalom. He said, Pastor, just stick to preaching. Come on, somebody. He did it in a very gracious and nice way. Can I get a loud amen? You know, you can get mad at, at your leaders. You can start complaining about them. That Pastor Rob, I wish he would use me in men's ministry. If he knew how talented I really was. Well, you know, why don't you serve first? Come on. Well, I don't know if you want to sing on the worship team. Why don't you serve the worship team? Why don't you help out? 
I just got to preach this a little bit. I want you to understand something here today. It even happened in the New Testament. John chapter 6 says this. Then the Jews complained about him because he said, I am the bread which came down from heaven. And they said, is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How is it then that he says, I have come down from heaven? Jesus therefore answered and said to them, do not murmur among yourself. You know the difference between complaining and murmuring? I'll teach you. Complaining is when you say it out loud. Murmuring is when you say it underneath your breath. So you say the same thing out loud that you say underneath your breath. They were complaining about Jesus. Jesus. Let me, let me just, I knew this wouldn't get a lot of amens. This is one of the messages people don't shout about. Come on. They complained about Jesus. The King of Kings. The Lord of Lords. The Son of God. The one that died for our sins. He was perfect. And they still complained about him. Here, we'll, we'll keep going further. John 6, verse 60. Therefore, many of his disciples, when they heard this, said, this is a hard saying. Who can understand it? When Jesus knew in himself that his disciples complained about this, he said to them, does this offend you? Jesus preached a message. Eat my flesh, drink my blood. And they said, this is kind of hard to understand. This is hard to understand. And they complained. And he said to them, does this offend you? See, this is powerful. If you let an offense, if you don't give it to God, if you let an offense grow in your heart, the root becomes bitterness. That offense will grow and bitterness will begin to grow even deeper. You need to leave the offense at the altar. You need to leave the offense at the altar. I'm going to say it again. Someone needs to do this today. You got to, that person maybe said something that offended you, but give it to God. You're making a big deal over something that's pretty small. And a lot of times, that's what happens with offense. We make a big deal out of something that's pretty small. And then it grows and grows and grows. And then we have no more victory. We have no more fire. We're too busy then hanging around other complainers. Because that's what happens. I knew I wouldn't get a lot of amens today. See, complaining people hang around other complaining people. I just want to see you get to your promised place. Sometimes you got to get rid of those people that keep complaining around you. You need to get around people that will speak faith, speak hope, speak love, speak blessing, speak the favor of God, while still challenging you. There's nothing wrong about being challenged, but there's a difference about when you begin to complain about others. And I want you to understand this here today. I think you need to understand. See, Israel complained and there was three reasons why they complained. The first one was the timing. And we complain because we don't like God's timing. I'm going to say it again. We don't like God's timing. Let me say it again. We want it on our own time. I want it to happen now. I want it to happen right now, God. God, now. Fix my marriage now. Well, God, it might need to fix you first before he fixes your marriage. We never like God's timing, but God's timing is better than our timing. God knows the future. God knows what's going to happen. God knows what is set in motion. God knows the beginning from the end. And we are complaining to the God that created heaven and earth. We're complaining to others because we don't like 
God's timing. That is completely absurd. It's absurd. He is the one that created time. He knows everything. Let me say it again. There's nothing he doesn't know. So either you trust his timing or you don't. It's a trust issue. I trust God that he's going to make a way where there seems to be no way. Even though I might not see it right now, I trust God in his timing. He's faithful. He will never let you down. You got to understand, his timing is way better than your timing. His timing is supernatural. And I can testify to that. I have seen the timing of the Lord where you just sit back and say, how did that happen? If I would have got it when I wanted it, it wouldn't have set into motion other things that needed to be set into motion. We complain about his timing. I want to be in ministry right now. Well, God's still working some things out. Well, I, I, I want to preach right now. Well, God, God's doing a work in you, brother. God's doing a work in you, sister. Maybe if you would preach right now, you couldn't handle it. And God knew it. So God's taking you on a process to get you ready for it. But we can't trust God's time. See, we live in a, a world where we get everything now. Let me tell you, I've learned some things. Come on, somebody. There's a place, I'm going to give a little shout out. There's a place in Santa Fe Springs where on Saturday and Sunday, they serve the most delicious carnitas. Go ahead. Go ahead with your bad self, Pastor Brian, and your carnitas. Well, let me go dive a little deeper. It's not a restaurant. It's a garage. Come on, somebody. They open up the garage. They put some signs out. Carnitas, that's all it says. It's my spot. Come on, somebody. I'll go there, and you have to have cash. Come on, somebody. They added something now called Venmo. Come on. Pastor Brian don't know how to Venmo. I don't know how to do it. But my lovely wife, isn't she amazing? She knows how to Venmo. So I go so frequently to the Carnita Garage place that they give me credit. Come on, somebody, when I don't have cash. God's timing is perfect. There's times I forgot money, and they say, don't worry about it. Just have Natalie Venmo. They know it's by a first-name basis. They say, have Natalie Venmo. So what am I telling you? We do everything now in this world instant. You can Venmo money to your cousin. You can Venmo money, boom. Everything is instant. If you want to watch a movie nowadays, since the pandemic, there are movies that you don't have to go to the movie theater anymore. Blockbuster movies come out on different stations now. You don't even have to get up, get dressed. You can watch movies in your underwear that are brand new. We used to, let me, tell, let me talk to some young people. We used to have to go to a place called the movie theater. And you'd buy popcorn. Come on, somebody. And if you were really advanced, you'd buy popcorn with M&Ms in it. Come on, somebody. Or if you were really advanced, you bought popcorn with Cheetos in it. Come on. But I, I ain't going down that lesson. What I'm trying to teach you is we live in a world where everything is instant. We get everything now, 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 now. If you want food, you can door dash it to your house and it's there in 30 minutes. If you want groceries, you can door dash it and it'll be, or I don't know what the word is, but it'll be there in a, in a short period of time. Amazon will deliver everything. I don't even know if people go to stores anymore. We just Amazon. I'll tell you how much we Amazon. Pastor Alba always gets me Christmas gifts. She's a great giver. Come on, somebody. Give Pastor Alba a big hand. 
we always get together the day before Christmas, and we always exchange a little gifts. Pastor Alba, since the pandemic, has been buying everything from Amazon. How do I know? When she wraps the gift, it's still in the Amazon package. She don't even try to take it out of the package and put it in a box. It's just wrapped around the Amazon package. We live in a world where everything is instant. Everything is now, 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 now. We don't know how to wait on the Lord. We don't know how to wait on his timing. We don't know how to wait on him. You know, when we wait on him, it renews our strength. When we wait on him, there's something special about it. Man, I'm waiting on God. God's timing is absolutely 100% perfect. It might not be instant, but it's perfect. When you wait on something, you appreciate it. When you wait on it, you appreciate it. They couldn't adjust to God's, they didn't like his timing. And they definitely didn't like his method. This is where we get messed up. We don't like the methods of God. We don't like sometimes the people God uses in our life. Preach it. We don't like God's method. We don't, lo- we don't like it. We don't like his timing. We don't like his method. We don't want manna. Well, God's providing for you. Well, I don't like how he's providing. I don't like the job I have. What's well, providing for you? I'm going to talk bad about my job, but it's God providing for you. Maybe that's not, see, this is what happens. A temporary situation like the wilderness, they think it is a permanent place. See, you're in a temporary position. A temporary situation, don't treat it like a permanent place. They saw the wilderness as a permanent place and complained. Instead of seeing, instead of seeing it like this, this is just a season. I'm in this job for a season. I'm going to do my very best. I'm going to honor God with my work. I'm going to bless everyone around me. Because it's a temporary season, because God has taken me to a promised place that isn't here. See, we treat temporary seasons like permanent places where they're just temporary moments in time. Where God is just getting you through something to change you. God uses those temporary things to mold and shape you. Before you enter your promised place, you need to be molded and shaped. You can't go to your promised place the way you are now. That's why you need the wilderness. That's why you need the temporary season to make you the man and woman of God you're meant to be. Because you can't go to the promised place and face all sorts of enemies without learning to trust in God. If you can't appreciate the manna, how can you defeat giants? If you're not grateful for the little, how can you do much? If you can't handle the little stuff, we treat temporary seasons so much like the permanent. You're not always gonna be broke. You're not always gonna be in that situation. You're not always going to be going through that hard time. It's a temporary thing. The season will shift. But you've got to trust God in it. And you've got to trust his method. Hey, this isn't my permanent place, but I'm grateful for the job I got. I'm going to show up on time. I'm going to do what God has called me to do. I'm going to be, I'm going to be, I'm going to be the best employee I can be. You know, you represent Jesus at your job. Let me say that again. You represent Jesus at your job. Sad thing is, I, I, I talk with a lot of business owners. A lot of them got to a place now where they say, I don't even want to hire Christians. That's sad. What happened? We are supposed to be the best employees. Because we work unto the Lord, not unto man. Well, how can I work under the Lord when I work at 
at a bakery. Well, you, you do it unto God. You bake that cupcake, the best cupcake you've ever baked. Come on, somebody. You make that birthday cake with love, Boo Bear. Come on. I mean, lay it out. Come on. Get crazy on that frosting. You ain't hearing me. Then we don't understand the nature of God. He's good. He's good all the time. He's good on the mountain, and he's good on the valley. He's good in the good times and in the bad times. God has a plan for you to prosper and bless you. God wants to see you used in powerful and miraculous ways. God has a promised place for you. God's nature is good. But God's nature is always about winning souls. He desires that none shall perish. And sometimes if you got to go through a temporary situation that's uncomfortable to shine the light of Jesus so that someone's life could be completely changed forever. Hmm. I don't think anyone's hearing me today. I, I just want to give you a few things. I want to give you a way to conquer complaining. Before I pray. This is how I do it. I look for God in our difficult situations. You know, Jesus lives in our difficult situations. I try to say, God, I don't understand, but I'm looking for you in this situation. Lord, I just lost a loved one, but I'm looking for you in this situation. Lord, my family's all messed up. I'm going to look for you in this situation. God, I don't got enough money to pay my bills, but I'm going to look for you in this situation. God, my marriage isn't good. I'm going to look for you in that situation. God is everywhere. Everywhere. He's in that difficult situation you're facing today. But you got to look for him. If you're so busy complaining, you're not going to take time to look for him. You got to look for him. Look for him in that difficult situation. Instead of complaining, remember his faithfulness. Psalm 103 says this. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Remember, there's benefits of serving Jesus. He's faithful. Remember his faithfulness. Don't forget what he did in the past. Some of you got some incredible testimonies here today. Don't forget how he delivered you. Don't forget how he took that crack pipe out of your mouth. Don't forget how he delivered you. Don't forget how he set you free. Don't forget how when everyone else gave up on you, God didn't give up on you. Remember when you were bound on alcohol and had no way out, God was faithful. Remember when you called and your marriage was going down the tubes, God was faithful. If he delivered you, then he'll deliver you now. You got to remember what God has done. I remember all the things. When I start getting frustrated, when I start to get offended, I begin to just pray and say, God, bring to memory all them things. And I remember every time he provided. Every time he did a miracle. Every time he delivered me. Every time, time and time and time again. He is faithful. He's faithful. Look at your life. What are you complaining about? You got breath in your lungs. 
You got the joy of the Lord. You've been blessed with a family. You've been blessed over and over and over again. Look at the faithfulness of God. Gas is so high now. I get it. Maybe we just won't come to church. We'll watch online. The devil is a liar. I don't care how high the gas gets. I'm coming to the house of God. Because there's something that happens in the house of God. Iron sharpens iron. In God's house, there's something that happens. There's breakthrough in the house. The anointing's in the house. There's a supernatural touch in the house. I'm going to remember everything God did. The last thing, you got to practice thanksgiving. You got to be thankful. You got to be thankful. 1 Thessalonians 5.18, and everything gives thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Grateful. Thankful. Give thanks with a grateful heart. He's been so good. When I think of the goodness of Jesus... Learn to be grateful and thankful. I got to say it again. Be thankful. Look what he did. Look where you are. You're in the house of God today. There's some people that wouldn't even believe that you'd be in God's house today. But you're here. You're standing. You're worshiping God. You're praising God. You're giving God all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. I am thankful for Jesus. I'm thankful that he saved me. I'm thankful that he delivered me. I'm thankful for everything he has done in my life. And when you're grateful and when you're thankful, something happens on the inside of you. Those little offenses, those things that offend you, you just leave them at the altar. God, I'm grateful. I'm thankful. Everybody stand. Worship team, come back. I want to pray today to rip out a root of resentment and bitterness. I want to rip the root out today because I want to see you in your place, your promised place. I want to see you in the place God has designed and destined you to be. Every hand lifted. This is what I believe. I believe there's people in this room that have struggled with complaining their whole life. I believe something's going to shift and change today. I believe it's hindered you from entering into places that God has created for you. But today, everything will change. See, I believe one moment in the presence of God, everything can change. I still believe that. I believe this prayer through the power of the Holy Ghost will change your life forever. I know people may have hurt you. I know you might be offended. I know you might be bitter, full of resentment. When I pray this prayer today, we're going to rip it out by the root. It's not coming back. And once we rip it, guard your heart. There's a delivering power of God here today. He's a deliverer. He's a deliverer. Every hand lifted high. 
Lord Jesus, you don't have to repeat this. Let me pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you for who you are. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Kuya basata kena shata kena hayen. Suta bakaya nahaya nahaya. Jesus. Right now, through the power of the Holy Spirit, there are people here in this room today. God, you have a promised place for them. You have a place that you have created and designed for them since the beginning of time. Bitterness is holding them back. And we're going to rip this spirit, this demonic thing out of their life. For good. Right now, by the power of God, through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, I rip bitterness, resentment out of people's life right now in the name of Jesus Christ, the name that's above every other name, at the mention of that name. And I declare it to be gone forever in the name of Jesus. I pray right now that they guard their hearts, that they look at Jesus, the author and perfecter of their faith. May they always keep their eyes on Jesus. I declare that has to go in the name of Jesus. Bitterness, leave in the name of Jesus. Resentment, leave in the name of Jesus. We have a purpose in Christ. God has a plan for your life. God has created you for such a time as this. And everything that hinders them from walking in their purpose and the plan for their life, we cast it out in the name of Jesus. We cast it out in the name of Jesus. Deliverance is in the house right now. The deliverer is in the house right now. He is a deliverer. He is a deliverer. Lord, begin to speak to people fresh today. Begin to fill people fresh today, God. Begin to move on people's spirit anew today, God. Lord, let them remember that their sons will be blessed, that their daughters will be blessed, that their grandchildren will be blessed. Everything that's coming against the plan and purpose for their family, for their bloodline, for the lineage, we break it off in the name of Jesus. We declare freedom. We declare freedom. We declare freedom. We declare freedom. 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 Jesus. 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 Every hand lifted. Every hand lifted. Jesus. 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 Jesus, 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 Jesus. You're worthy, God. You're worthy, God. You're worthy, God. You're worthy, you're worthy. Lift your hands, lift your hand, lift your hand, lift your hand, lift your hand. Lift your hands, lift your hands. Right now, if Jesus Christ isn't the Lord and Savior of your life, Or you need to rededicate your life to Jesus. Won't you just wave at me now? Say, I need to give my life to Jesus. I need to surrender. I see hands waving. Everyone repeat after me. Say, Jesus, forgive me my sins. Come in my heart and live. I give you everything. I love you, Jesus. Everyone say amen. Come on, let's give Jesus a big clan clap. All right, I want to take a moment. We want to praise God. I mean, no, he's been good. I mean, no, he's been good. I believe you're going to get your roar back now. There's some people I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit spoke this so strongly to me yesterday. 
is someone that's missing out on their promised place because of a root of bitterness and resentment. And I believe it's gone right now in the name of Jesus. Can we give Jesus? He is able. He is able. Come on. Let's sing a worship song. Come on. into church and as pastor preached this morning he says you're complaining about you're not being used here and you're not being used there and he said why don't you just start serving well I want to let you know about growth track if you've never had an opportunity to get plugged in and find a place to serve right next door following this service we'll have growth track you'll find out everything you need to know and where you can be used can I get an amen next Saturday night we have our more service this is an incredible service there's something that begins to take place when a church takes a moment to remember how important prayer is prayer works because God works and when we fall on our face and we give more time to God we make more room for God to do something he never disappoints and this is an incredible service and a lot of times we'll invite our children into that service so that they can experience what we're supposed to be teaching them how to stay in the presence of God we sing about it we want more of your presence God well let's get in his presence let's be here next Saturday night and let's intercede and let's travail because God is about to move in a mighty way not just here but all over California. Amen? Can I get an amen? And then we have an incredible resurrection weekend that's about to hit the house of God. Come on. We get to kick off resurrection weekend at our good 
service, and we're going to take communion at that service. It's one of my favorite weekends of the year is Resurrection. Resurrection weekend, Good Friday, we remember. And then on Sunday, Resurrection Sunday, we're going to get to unite our 11 a.m. and our 6 p.m. service to one powerful moment to celebrate the resurrected King of Jesus. Can I get an amen? So you got to be here. Invite somebody out to that weekend. It's going to be incredible. And starting Good Friday, we're going to begin to receive our Resurrection Mission Seed Offering. Last year, we collected it, and we saw that it went to three crusades, three powerful crusades where we saw the blind eyes opened. We saw the deaf ear. I know you've heard the stories, but let us not forget that that's not natural. That's supernatural. And then on Resurrection Weekend, we remember that God gave his best. And so we prepare to give our very best. And this year, we're going back to El Salvador. Santa Ana, El Salvador, three more crusades for the first time ever. We're going to bring the gospel to children at a kid's crusade out there. Come on, would you be a part of seeing families come back together? Would you be a part of seeing blind eyes open? Would you, would you be a part of watching the demon-possessed get set free? Would you be a part of watching God take back El Salvador? So we're telling you now so that you can set your very best to the side. Why do we give? A lot of people will say, why do you pick up a tithe? Why do you give up an offering? Because he first gave to me. He first shed his blood for me. I should have been dead, but I'm not. I should have lost my mind, but it's still here. Oh, if you only knew how good he was, you'd give too. I just don't give a tithe. I want to sow into resurrection mission seed because somebody's mama in El Salvador is praying for the gospel to be preached to their son. And this April, it will be. Come on, somebody. So we tell you now so you can set your very best aside. And all throughout Resurrection Weekend, we'll be receiving that. And I know that when you sow above and beyond your tithe, God has a way of returning it back to you in a way you never could have imagined. Amen? Well, this is what it says in Mark chapter 12. And it's, a, it's a short little moment where Jesus is trying to teach about about giving something that belongs to God. In Leviticus chapter 27, it, it tells us that the tithe belongs to God. So I want you to remember that. In Leviticus, the Old Testament, it says the tithe belongs to God. And this is what Jesus says to a group of people that were trying to trap him in his words. And they, they brought a coin, a denarii. And he said unto them, whose likeness and inscription is this? And they said to him, it's Caesar's. And Jesus said to them, render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's and to God the things that are God's. Proverbs, or excuse me, Leviticus says that the tithe belongs to God. In Mark, Jesus says, give to God what belongs to God. We tithe because it belongs to him. It's the holy sanctified 10% that we don't touch. It belongs to God. Can I get an amen? So I want to challenge you today. Begin to set something aside for your resurrection mission seat, and today, tithe. That's what we're called to do. Why? Because when I was dead in my sin, Christ died for me. I don't need another reason to be faithful in my tithing. Amen? Would you help me bless this tithe now? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you. I pray that all throughout this morning, God, you have moved upon hearts. You have convicted us. You have challenged us. You have cared for us. You have soothed us, God. And so now, because of what you've done, even in this service, God, we sow back into your kingdom so that you can do again what only you can do. So, Lord, would you bless the time? Would you bless the gift? Would you bless those that give right now? Even those online that are sowing right now. We ask that you would bless them and bless the time. It's in your powerful and mighty name. And the church says, amen and amen. Don't forget to come back tonight. You need a fresh infilling of the Holy Ghost. You've never been baptized in the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues. We want to bring you back. But this morning, if you want to just stand and you want to worship or you want prayer for anything, we'll be here. Pastors will be in the front to pray with you. The worship team will continue to worship. God bless you, and we'll see you back here at 6 p.m.
Thank you.